We are back on. I I have made contact with Iroko Theater. I've made contact with Alex FRSA. I just need him to put his video on and we can continue the interview. Hey, yeah. Alex. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what happened there, but I will tell you, my people are saying to me, as soon as you mentioned challenges, yes, challenges, the MFI got involved, they shut <laughs> us down. It's just really interesting. As soon as you mentioned challenges, challenges. mentioned is an African company, but it's treated like an African company, but caters for all nationalities. Boom, it froze and they shut us down. I couldn't find you anymore. You disappear like an like an alien, like an alien. <laughs> so let's continue the interview. Uh, and this also confirms that, as you said, this is a tree interview. It's a it's a foundation. No one can stop us from having nobody. This exactly. Yeah, the, the, the branches, the roots of the tree is so solid that it will always come back. So I'm sure. glad to, I'm glad to have you back. So you, we were asked the question about what have been the challenges for Iroko Theatre, and then you were about to explain, or you started explaining. Yes. Well, I, as I was telling you, I mean, it's mainly, I mean, as a small, what do you call it, charity, it's mainly the, the challenge of funding, okay. you know, of funding. And that is why we are where we are today, because, uh, it's a constant, you know, struggle, daily struggle, really. You know, finishing one small project, you're writing another application for another small project. Whereas a company like Iroko by now uh, should be having what, uh, you know, should be revenue funding, mm. revenue funding that we gave us the opportunity, you know, to have, you know, full-time employees mm -hmm. and be able to have, you know, training programs because look at it, you know, African theater, African storytelling, and all that. How I mean, the, the older generations that I know, people of my who have been doing the storytelling, we don't see any new uh, newcomers coming into the into the field. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there are no newcomers, in much as we know, doing a, you know young storytellers. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, God forbid, you know what happened in the eighties and nineties. Uh, when we we now came into how many of us are doing it now? We need a sort of you know program that uh, company that we enable in you know, these type of forms to in, to continue, mm. continue. That will not happen with uh, you know today we do a project in uh, our little new one here. You know, then we start looking for funding again to do another project in another three months. And, you know, there's no consistency. There's no future, you know. So what, you, no what you require is sustainability, um, continuity, a succession, a, a succession plan for young storytellers to, to come up the ladder. I, what about, because I always had the impression with the Black Lives Matter movement that that would have opened the corridors for the likes of Iroko in terms of educating people about, you know, racism, African culture, you know, just enlightening people. Hasn't that created any opportunities for you? 
Well, not not at the moment. Not at the moment. We, we, uh, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. And again, we, one has got to be very careful because some of this is it's like uh, what you see now on television. Uh, mm. <laughs> every every television now you have one black person now featuring um, <laughs> all, all adverts. Mm -hmm. All that is good, but uh, one should be careful so that it is not tokenistic. Yeah. These things have got to be really thought of, mm. you know? Mm. Um, I don't want to be given uh, uh, funding, just in you know, a little funding, just because, uh, okay, every life matters. Let's yeah, give yeah. them this. Yeah. What happens from there? It has to be a real belief that, yes, you want a company like Iroko for all the things that Iroko has contributed towards the national life of this country yeah what are we doing to make it actually become a company a national a company a national company mm -hmm. a national company mm -hmm. you know that, that is the thing you don't give us uh, twenty thousand today uh, and tomorrow we start looking you know we will spend twenty thousand to get uh in, you know to make things happen again it doesn't yeah. work yeah yeah so what what is the 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 who are your competitors is it is it Africa other African theater companies or is it British theater companies? Well, that is a good question, a very very good question. Who are your competitors? At times we are. I mean, uh, people might not like to hear this. We are our own worst enemies, you okay. know, because over the years uh, there was a time I had a, a particular program bring people in let them understudy me for a while let's yeah. train them yeah and see how they can be part of iroko yeah you know how, and i use the you know the phrase how they can be part of iroko mm -hmm. to move iroko forward mm -hmm. um unfortunately unfortunately what usually happen in in small companies like this i'm sure there are companies who will testify to this you know when you have those type of programs in place mm -hmm. you know or you know it is like birds they fly away and they go they patch in another place and what happens we are all flying back to go and eat from the same port and nothing actually happens we okay. remain where we are yeah you know <laughs> i hope you get my drift yeah that yeah, is yeah. usually the problem we are facing mm -hmm. so we have uh, competitors these days the funders they are talking about people teaming to team up, to work yeah. together, collaboration, mm -hmm. you know? And within the, let, and I want to say the Black, within the African community, it's very hard to, you know, to see collaborative partnership, mm. you know? And we are in need of this. We are in need. We can't keep doing our own thing all in ways. Some of us, I mean, we have drummers there, Mm -hmm. You set up a company, you do drumming, local does drumming, mm -hmm. uh, people there who move out of the dance, you know, we can not, but the, although they say the more the merrier, that is mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. the fact remains that at times it is good to have this collaboration yeah. in order to make, you know, to get the bigger parts. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So, so what's stopping, because I hear that a lot about uh, collaboration within the black community african community that it can be quite what why what's the reason for that what 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 are the 
Do you know what the reason why people are reluctant to collaborate in our community? It's the mind. It's the mindset. It's the mindset of um, you know everybody, everyone you want to be. There's that ownership. Yeah. In, uh, you want to own. There's nothing wrong in that. You want to own you, you know your own thing and so on. We are very very adventurous, which is very fine. Mm -hmm. But I think time has come to for us to start thinking differently. Yeah, you know, to see how this individual ownership, how is it that I mean, you look at the four, I mean, the four, the fingers, mm -hmm. you know, um, you if, if you need to wash properly, you, you can't use just one finger. <laughs> <laughs> they need to work together. That's a they proverb. That's a proverb you know, on its what, own. <laughs> yeah, you know, we need to we need to work together. Mm -hmm. uh, even though we are, it's, but uh, you know, it's done. We need to come together. Is that type of mindset we need to start having? I think, mm. you know. Mm. And do you do you have a network of theatre companies? Do you guys network in any shape or form? Do you have regular meetings? Do you exchange ideas, or it's just just non exist? Everyone is just solo and trying to to take whatever they can take. Well, there have been a, quite a lot of initiative, but I, I can't think of any network of African, you know, um, what do you call uh, art organizations now, whereby mm. they actually come together and meet and share ideas and yeah. uh, and so on. You know, network, mm -hmm. you know, share information and so on. Mm. Yeah, there is. Um, I think. Um, um, utopia i mean the way utopia theater the way i see them now mm -hmm. i i think they are almost on the path of being a, an engineer for something like that because uh, i like some of the ideas they've been using this these days okay. you know bring artists together there is i don't know if you know of a utopia theater i've heard of you um, utopia it, theater yeah uh, is, that, is, is that type of thing, that type of thing we, you know, we need to do more, mm. um, you know, uh, train people, make, you know, empower, it's all about empowerment, I empower each other, you know, mm. empower each other uh, that we can, you know. Mm. Mm. That it's, it's, it's really interesting. And so maybe that's, that's something because for me, I do, as you know, I do stand-up comedy. I perform across the country. And I always imagined when I saw your company, Roko Theatre, that actually you have a big theatre somewhere. I didn't know you moved from one place to the other. Do you envisage seeing, seeing your theatre company having a theatre of its own, you know, like a, you know, a theatre where people can come and perform just somewhere permanent? The dream, the dream has always been to have an Iroko village, not just a theater. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Village. Tell me, tell me about the dream. Tell me about the dream. You know, an Iroko village. It's a, it's a, a village whereby you know, you know, symbolically people can come yeah. and actually meet Africa, enjoy Africa, whether it is storytelling, whether it is music, whether it is dance. You know, when I say people, you know, people of all ages, mm -hmm. you know, um, yes, a place like that of cultural, 
uh, you come, you immerse yourself in the African culture, you know, that is the dream. That is the dream to an Iroko village. And that, you know? and that and that that Iroko village will be it will be in the West, will be in London. Is that is that what you're saying? It will it will be it doesn't have to be in London. No, okay. wherever, wherever, wherever we can find the village with the land okay. and the money is there to set up the village. Okay. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be in London. No okay. way. Okay, yeah. okay. Next question for you is I know you're obviously Nigerian, you're Yoruba, is that that that's correct? Yeah, you're Yoruba man. No. Wow. No. This is what, you know, right from Nigeria, people have always even called me Yoruba and so on. Okay. And they placed me in uh, about two different tribes. If I'm not Yoruba, then uh, I'm, uh, uh, what is this, Benue, Benue State, State yeah. which, which is actually because, and it's all because of my mark, you see. Yeah. This, uh, th this mark, which uh, I use at times to, you know, to actually, it's a form of education. I have to, when we go to schools, yeah. I, you know, I tell children, I mean, depends on how the discussion goes. I tell the children about uh, why I have this mark. Yeah. And uh, Nigerians, they believe that, uh, strongly believe that I'm Yoruba. No, but I'm from what is now the Delta state. Okay. But, but even in the Delta state, there's even confusion. Because where my town is in Delta State, President, you won't believe this. You know, where my town is, we are surrounded by Igbo speaking uh, villages. Yeah. My town is called Ibu, EBU. Okay. It's surrounded by Igbo speaking villages there in Delta State. Wow. But our language is different. Wow. So we intermarry, we do this and that, we, you know, we farm together, every five market days, people of Igbo speaking, they are there. But our own language is different. Our language is more like Yoruba. And that is why people call me Yoruba. <laughs> so how do uh, so, so, but you- could, but, but do you understand the Igbo language then? Of, of course, I understand Igbo, I understand- And Igbo, you can speak Yoruba. it as well? Not fluently, not fluently. My mom always, you know, gives me sticks for that. You should be speaking a, a, a people, she always says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? okay. Because of intermarriage, our grandmom is from the Igbo speaking side, okay. you know. If you don't mind, I want to touch on what you said about tribal marks, uh, because that's what we call it, isn't it? We call these tribal marks. Yes. Yes. Just bear with me one second. We call these tribal marks, and there's there's a reason we call it tribal marks. Can you explain what that actually means? For me, yes. Well, I mean, the, the, the tribal mark, calling it tribal mark, is actually um, it's not. Uh, it does not explain the mark really. You know, mm. it is true that you know within some settings once you see somebody with this mark you know that he is is from yoruba or you know something like that but it is not always the case because mm -hmm. in my own in my own case it, there is a bigger story to it yeah because if my my name uh, people call me alex my mm -hmm. mom has never called me alex my mom has never used her mouth to call me alex because my name is 
ino ke yi relu mi or short form relu mi which means please may you stay for me okay which sounds very yoruba <laughs> which means okay sounds like but that is because my mom gave birth one two three still birth oh okay so, in, yeah, so when i was born i was considered to be uh what we, they what they call Ogbanje, the spirit child wow so if if you if you read the um, uh, my Cochrane's book, uh, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. this, yeah. So it's like I'm like I was considered somebody like that who was being born and coming again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when all this was discovered, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they decided that in order to stop that, I have to have this incision. So they called whatever the wow. the, the the village uh, medicine man and so on who did everything mm -hmm. and gave me all this mark. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, President, that's that why I'm still here today. I'm able to meet your excellency. <laughs> so, <laughs> you do, do you do you believe that story? Do you believe that? You know what? We, it, it, uh, do I believe that story? We are in a stage now whereby, you know, I just let those who believe that is their belief system yeah you know there is nothing you know um i had the discussion with my mom a few days ago what what she did i would never uh, imagine someone else doing it but that is their own belief yeah that was and their own belief said, mm -hmm. their own belief they you know and for well-being sake it does help them right because by the time you argue i argue with them you know th this is nonsense this is no no no, no. It disturbs everyone. It disturbs me. It disturbs them that I don't believe. So <laughs> I just let it be. That is the whole belief. <laughs> okay. But is it something? Is it some? Because I remember um, when I I was born in the UK, um, yeah. and then I went back at the age of five from Liverpool and I arrived in Nigeria. And I remember the first uncle I saw had. You know, real yours is just two. He had three on the left and three that's on the right. And when I video. and when I saw it, I was scared. I mean, I'm over 50. I still remember how frightened. That's all I remember about when I first arrived in Nigeria. I saw this yeah. uncle. I had not seen that many black people before, so many black people. And then this man has tribal marks. I just thought, what? <laughs> But it's not something. Is it? It's not something that they do now in Nigeria. Or do, do they still do it? No, well, it's it's uh, it's yeah. It, it is. It, uh, no, I don't think it is practiced anymore. Yeah. Uh, but 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 let's remember, up till the eighties. Yeah. There are young. There are young girls who would have it for, you know, beautification. Yeah. You know, they will use cartoon cashew nuts. You know this. They, they, you know the nuts of the cashew. Yeah. It's so acidic. So what they, what they do, the, you know, the the raw the, the what they call the fluid that comes from it, mm. you know, when yeah, it, you know, it's what they use to put this mark, and all because they want to be beautiful. Before, if you have uh, just very not big marks like this, mm. especially for girls, it's considered that it it, it adds to your beauty. 
you know. Well, so really I know for sure up to the 80s, it was still practiced. I, I, it's really interesting because I have an auntie um, who's no longer with us, bless her soul, who light in complexion. And I remember one day, I just came back one day from school and she had, she didn't, they, they didn't give it to her when she was young. She decided yes. to three small, very small, tiny tribal marks yes, yes, on both yes. sides of the cheek. And I just, yes. I just thought, wow, why did she do that? I didn't know until you yeah. now explained it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Up to the 80s. Wow. Okay, you just use the blade. If you are brave enough, you use the blade to you know, do it. Then you use the, the fluid from the cashew nuts. Mm. I sort of, uh, what do I call it? It sort of uh, enables it not, you know, not to, uh, to fade off. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. Wow. You so know? this this has been an interesting conversation. We started by so, talking. Uh, Go on. You can see there are three. There are three. Uh, for now, we've mentioned three reasons. One, what they call tribal mark, that yeah. is sort of identifies someone's mm. geographical mm -hmm. uh, origin. For example, mm -hmm. you know, in my own case, it is more of a spiritual. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. because of the belief mm -hmm. and then you have these people who are doing it themselves they are the, it's not done to them they, they they choose to do it you know for beautification okay and so when you when you explain that to your customers or your audience especially if they're not african or are not aware of that culture how do they react don't they find that really interesting well they, that is the word. They find it really interesting. That's what they often say. They, they, find it really, they find it interesting, you know. But they, I can tell you, though, all my years in schooling, I used to tell before, you know, in Bulgaria, that it mm. was, uh, I had a fight with the, with the lion. <laughs> <laughs> so they saw you as a strong man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a fight with it. And okay. there are those who are there, how they who believed Alexa, they find it in <laughs> What made you leave Nigeria to go to Bulgaria? You know, there's a lot people don't know about what used to be the non-aligned nation, you know, with politically it is geopolitical, you know, mm -hmm. um, the the non-aligned nation. Nigeria used to be a non-aligned nation. And that meant Nigeria as a country had a lot of contacts with all the nations, including the old Soviet Eastern Bloc. So Nigeria used to have cultural exchange mm -hmm. with the old Eastern Bloc, the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, Bulgaria, old Yugoslavia, and the, uh, you know, the Czech Republic then, and East Germany. So you have a lot of students who went to these countries, some of them on scholarship from the Nigerian government. You know, some of them on scholarship from the trade union. I was able to secure scholarship through the Nigerian trade union. So that was how I found myself in Bulgaria. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, they, they, I mean, in, here in, in London, we have an association of Nigerian students who, who, you know, who studied in Bulgaria, professionals in all works, 
you know, who are, we are here in, in, uh, in, uh, in London. We wow. speak our Bulgarian language amongst ourselves. <laughs> you know, ah, oh, please uh, speak, speak, say, say President Obonja well, in Bulgaria then. <laughs> hey, well, well it, it, it's, as, it's as the same. Gospodino Bonjo. Wow. Gospodino. Wow. Wow. It's, it's really interesting you talk about. So you spoke about non-allied nations and you give me the impression that that's not obviously i know that's not what's happening now so we nigeria is at a, a disadvantage in terms of not having those same approach to non-allied nations well we're going into politics now um i it's a it's a dicey one really because all countries are forced now to take side you yeah, see? yeah you, exactly. You, you are you are forced one way or the other to take side. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you be, you are the enemy. So, yeah, yeah. In, in our own case, I don't even know where Nigeria belongs to now. To <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if we want to talk about Nigeria, it's going to be another podcast. <laughs> More than one hour podcast on on, on Nigeria. Look, it's oh, been it's, it's been fantastic talking to you you have uh, an extraordinary story uh, that people need to hear and i'm really pleased i uh, made contact with you i'm hoping that uh, once this pandemic is over that laughter republic will be able to work collaboratively with you guys because i think there's oh, a, we can, do. yeah we can do. Do. be an honor yeah it there's there's honor. a lot and we should have it's just the way life goes but there's it's never too late um, because i think there is a lot i can learn from you and and i can share with you as well in terms of absolutely um, in terms of the market um yes what would you like to say to my listeners from and maybe who knows maybe we might have we haven't had any downloads from bulgaria so who knows maybe because you are on here maybe this might happen but what would you in summary, I'd like to say to my listeners all over, because we've got pot, we got people listening to this in America, in, um, in Russia, all over the world, wow. at least twenty-five countries. Wow. So, wow. Um, yeah, um, what would you like to say to them if they if they're interested in Iroko Theater or interested in trying to find you? Um, if they're interested to get in touch, uh, please contact us on um, info. That is I N F O at Iroko is spelled I R O K O. That is info at Iroko Theatre One Word dot org o r g dot u k, and you can find us on www dot Iroko Theatre dot org dot u k. Can I Thank also you. can I also say that when you are addressing him? please do not make the mistake when you write to him to not include frsa that frsa <laughs> has to be there because i it's really really important because when i invited him to my podcast i wrote and said alex frsa in capitals very very important <laughs> look it's been a pleasure i wish we could do longer yes yeah, go on.
I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, really, it's a pleasure. You know, I just want to thank you for giving us this honor, you know, to, you know, to be part of the Laughter Republic. I really, truly, truly enjoyed my, my evening. Thank yeah, you thank so you. Much. Thank you so much. So <laughs> we've, we've done the podcast in two parts. We have the, we have part one before the MFI stopped us okay. from, from moving on. And then we've got part two. So uh, I will, I will oh. um, send you the details. Um, but it will definitely be in two parts. Uh, I certainly found the second part of the show really interesting. I think I got to know you because the first part was more you focusing on Iroko Theatre and what you had achieved and you hope to achieve. But then this session became really personal. So um, I know we will be in touch soon. Uh, it, it, you thanked me, but I also want to thank you. Keep up the good work. I know it is not easy, um, but you're still Thank here. You. 20 something years is no joke. Uh, 20 mm. something years of a tree with a good foundation. And I really do admire the impact, never underestimate the impact you have on the African community and British society. And that's one of many reasons why I uh, wanted to have, have you here and then listen to what you had to say. So. Alex uh, has been my guest for this episode. I'll let you know when I um, publish it. It will be in two parts. It's been very fascinating. He runs a very successful um, African charity organization, a theater. For me, his vision is one that I want to support. If I was a real president, I would be putting money into that Iroko village, you know, so far I get my shares back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but I'm not a real president, but it's it's good for us to be able to dream. That Iroko village is a vision. And for me, it just goes to show that when you start your journey, you must have a vision of what you want to try and Absolutely. achieve. You must have a dream. Just like I have created my own country, believe it or not, Laughter Republic. Alex, Alex FRSA has created <laughs> Iroko village. A village. A village. <laughs> And he doesn't mind where the village is. It's going to be anywhere. <laughs> with Look, on that note, uh, and I'm really, really, uh, uh, I've really enjoyed this. And I'm not necessarily disappointed, but I wish we could do longer. But I definitely need to get on the phone to uh, Justin Trudeau, the Canadian um, Prime Minister. It's, this meeting is set up for um, 7 o'clock this evening. So... Alex, thank you so much. FRSA, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Speak thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. All the best. Thank Bye. you. Bye.